What's up, everybody? Welcome to Shiny Razor Wire, a new travel podcast about adventure travel, edgy destinations, dodgy experiences, getting lost, getting wasted, living it up in luxury sometimes, and wondering if you packed your body bag at other times. Get ready, because this isn't your ordinary travel show. This is Shiny Razor Wire. And here are your hosts for this crazy adventure, John and Delany. What's up, everybody? Hola a todos. Hola, Delany. ¿Qué tal? ¿Cómo te va? How's it going? Good. I figured since we were doing an episode in a Spanish-speaking country, maybe I should at least start it off with some Spanish, since I also live in a Spanish-speaking country and rarely speak Spanish here. That'll be difficult for me, because my Spanish is like... Uh... It's as Spanglish as it can be, and then very no inflection, like Peggy Hill, white girl. People always make fun of me at work. Spanifornian? Is that a thing? (laughs) That sounds like a fetish. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever floats your boat. Exactly. Whatever floats your barco. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, is it going to be like this? That's how I speak. Um, When I was in Patagonia, my guide said I was la reina de la Spanglish. I would just like speak, you know, as much Spanish as I knew. And any word I didn't know, I would just interject English like it was nothing. That's pretty much what they do. I found here that there are so many words that are, they have a word in Spanish, but they use the English word. Like some friends of mine were dining at a restaurant maybe last year. And they were complaining about how they ordered cheesecake for dessert. And my friend was like, la tarta de queso. And he was like, la cheesecake. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Just to remind everybody that John and I live in totally different countries. And uh, we don't record in the same room. And so... When I just started recording with John, I heard some music in the background. So tell me what that's all about. You probably heard the clapping too. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. There was like clapping out there in the plaza. I live on a plaza in Granada, Spain, in the center of the city. And so everyone around, well, everyone in the whole country claps at 8 p.m. for all the healthcare workers, pharmacists, doctors, um, delivery drivers, everybody who's had to be out working in the high exposure COVID environment while this shit's still going on. But yeah, you heard the clapping first. And then after that, usually somebody in each neighborhood plays this song that's become sort of the the coronavirus anthem for everybody here in Spain. It's called Resistere, which means I will resist. And these pop stars here in Spain decided to record a group recording of them singing it and it's become like the coronavirus anthem so every evening after the clapping somebody plays this song from their balcony for the whole neighborhood or the whole plaza or the whole street or whatever and it's just become the nightly thing here in spain it sounds like the uh coronavirus we are the world that's exactly what it is yeah They got all together and recorded different pieces of it, and it switches back and forth to different ones, singing different parts, and yeah, it's We Are the Coronavirus for 2020. Oh my god. It was really inspirational at first, but now everybody's sick of it because people play it every single day, and we've been on lockdown for so long. Uh, We howl here at 8 o'clock because, you know, we're a little bit more spread out. We howl, and um, everybody just goes outside and howls, and the dogs start barking, and then like somebody rings a bell nearby, or somebody blows a horn and um it is exactly the reason why your people clap it's the healthcare thing so of course i love it because i'm like oh thank you you're welcome 
Yes, I am endangering my life for you. And a little bit of, I appreciate Ooh, it. Makes you feel good. Ow. It does. It does. <laughs> the first few nights, like when I went out there and I heard it, like it brought a tear to my eye. I was like, oh, my, my career finally has meaning. <laughs> so um, I'm so glad I went to school for this and have cleaned up shit and paid my dues for all these years and people appreciate me. Next so. time we're traveling together and you give me 10 bucks or something or you pay for the bill. I'm going to be like, oh, (laughs) I'm going to just start doing that in the middle of the restaurant and embarrass you. There is no song, though. The U.S. doesn't have a song yet? I don't know. Maybe it's in the works. We are the coronavirus. For real. We are the something. I don't know. We'll have to work on that one. I know. I want mine to be to like uh, the do they know it's Christmas time? Because, of course, I like that one. Okay. Okay. Work on it. (laughs) Maybe for the next episode, you can debut it. <laughs> no, no one wants to hear me sing. We would be like losing, <laughs> losing uh, subscribers left and right. <laughs> people, people would be saying, if that girl's going to keep singing, forget it. I'm not listening. I don't care about your travel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, speaking of our travel, Yay. we're going to talk about, I think we, we hinted at it. You can probably hear my dog. My dog has been sleeping all damn day and she decides until i get in front of my computer and start recording to go buck wild and bouncing around the house so if you hear a rubber object bouncing around in the background that's ariel and her it's little, a dog toy wink a, wink it's a dog toy well it actually looks like a dildo it really does is it like a Kong? Like my dog has Kongs and people are always like, what's that weird looking butt pluggy thing you have? And I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God, that'd be so horrible if I had something else and she got it. I'd have to decontaminate so, her. So anyway, today we are going to talk about Columbia. Columbia, as in the capital of South Carolina where I went to college? No, John. Funny you should say that. Columbia <laughs> with an O. <laughs> Columbia. So... Delany and I went to Colombia <laughs> at separate times. We This is one place we did not travel together, but it fits into the theme of edgy destinations, and we decided we wanted to talk about that one next because, like Lebanon in our first episode, Colombia, Colombia is a place that suffers from a lot of misconceptions, and a lot of people are afraid to go there. And it's a place, too, that has come a long way in the past decade or two. And a lot of people don't know that. And a lot of people are really missing out on an amazing, amazing time, as both of us can and will attest to. So, Delany, when did you when did you go to Colombia? I went to Colombia in... August, I believe, of 2015. I was on a tour of sorts, but we still had time to do our own things. And um, I went with a guy who I met on a separate tour in Japan, who actually lives in Texas. Oh, I heard this story. (laughs) I heard this story. (laughs) We stayed friends, and um, we went to Columbia together on this tour. And the actual, the greatest thing was that he is originally from El Salvador. <laughs> so You know that's not in Colombia, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> El Salvador checking. met in Japan, went to Colombia together. He lives in Texas. But um, obviously he speaks fluent, fluent Spanish. And so I was so Spanish lazy on this trip. You know, anytime we were out, I would just be saying tell them I want this, or I don't want onions, or, you know, whatever, or where can we go? But it was really nice, because 
that kind of added to, I don't know, traveling around the country, even though we were in a group sometimes, but that he looks like he's from, well, he is from Central America, but South America, and spoke perfect Spanish. And so that was kind of an added perk. But so uh, I was on this tour, and we met some other people who were fabulous, who we did stuff with. And on my trip, we went to Bogota and Cartagena. By the way, y'all, she's giving y'all the PG version of that story. I'm not going to call her out on the rest of it, because I know... (laughs) That my parents listen to this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) And by call her out, I just mean talk about, you know, how y'all went to church. You went to mass. Um, Yes, all we did was absolutely very pious. You shared shared a, a soda pop. Right. Exactly. All right. Moving right along. So, well. When did you go? Okay. So I went, Jesus, let me see. It was in 2012, the year we met. I actually went a couple of months after you and I met. I was, so that year I was doing, I was leading trips to Egypt every month, except July, I think in August, you met. No, August I had a trip. Uh, in July, I had no groups, and so July I spent all back in the U.S. And I had spent it. I had spent the first maybe three weeks. I think maybe my birthday week, which is the end of June, and the first couple of weeks of July, I spent in San Diego hanging out with a friend. And after I had been there a couple of weeks, literally, I kid you not, on a Thursday, no Wednesday night, I just decided I was bored because my friend was working during the day all day. And I was just kind of hanging out at his place. And he lived in Carlsbad, California, which is a suburb of San Diego. So by, you know, after three weeks, by Wednesday, I just gotten bored. And I just said, I'm going to go somewhere. Like, I have no clue where, but I'm going to get the hell out of here. And so I just looked at a map. And I, I didn't want to fly, you know, overnight or eight hours or anything like mm-hmm, that. I looked mm-hmm. at a map and I kind of drew a mental circle around where would be about a three or four hour flight. And it was July, and I was in Southern California, so the weather was amazing. And so I was thinking, okay, I want to go somewhere that's still hot, still has summer, and I want to go somewhere I haven't been before. And so most of, you know, if you can kind of imagine that arc around, or that circle around San Diego, well, half of it's going to be the damn ocean. But the other half that's on land, you know, most of the United States I've done, I've done 49 states so far. So that was out. Canada, I've done. And then we start getting into Central and South America. And so I just said, I've never been to Colombia. I've never been to Bogota. And that sounds really awesome. And it sounds edgy and maybe even a little dangerous. So I thought at the time, I'd never, I don't think I'd even known anyone who'd been there. But I just decided, okay, tomorrow I'm going to go to Bogota. Why the hell not? I'm bored. I'm going to Bogota. And so I just booked a ticket and showed up in Bogota the next day. I didn't know anybody there. I'd never been. I didn't know anything. I didn't even do my research. I just showed up in Bogota. And I'm kind of cool. like, hola, I'm here. <laughs> what the hell do I do now? So, yeah, I ended up spending, I spent about four or five days there. And I had the most awesome time. It was the opposite of everything I thought it was going to be, everything I feared it would be. I think Bogota was the first place that I visited that was like that. I've since mm-hmm. visited many places where, you know, like Rio, Mexico City, Beirut, all these places where people think and say, oh, it's so dangerous. You shouldn't go there. Be careful. Watch out. I can't believe you're going there. Bogota was the first place I went that I thought was like that and other people said was like that. 
And it was the first experience I had where I was like, holy shit, these people are full of it. I had the most amazing time there, and I almost didn't because I almost listened to people who thought right. it was still sa- unsafe and dangerous. Um, so I need to know, what is the one state that you haven't been to? Take a guess. Hawaii. I used to live in Hawaii when I was a teenager. Really? That's that's a conversation for a trip. Need to know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the one state you haven't been to. Well, just think Alaska. Of, yeah, yeah, Alaska, exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. and I'm I hit 49 states probably 10 years ago, eight mm-hmm. or 10 years ago, and I don't know why in all that time I haven't gone to Alaska. But the past couple of years, I've been making it a mental priority to go to Alaska, but I'm saving it for kind of a big trip. Usually when I think about it, it's winter and I'm like, oh, I need to go to Alaska soon. And then I'm like, well, I'm going to wait till summer and then summer comes and I forget. So the past couple of years, every year I've kept saying, I need to go to Alaska, but I need to go for like a week or two weeks or something. I don't want to, I mean, I could just fly there any day and pop in and out. I could fly there by myself. I could, you know, spend a week in there, but I kind of want to go either with people I know, or I do have some friends from Alaska. I might go when they're there. But I want to go for, you know, about a week and have it not just be me and kind of make it a big thing. I mean, it is, you know, hitting 50 states is a big thing. So that is I I have not been to Alaska either, which is shocking. I really, really want to go. And um, maybe we should go together. It's close to you. It's definitely close to me. You know, what's so funny is I know exactly how many countries I've been to, but I don't know how many states I've been to. I feel like I definitely have not been to 49, but it's up there. I, I have not been to either Dakota. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I've really, I'm, after this, I'm going to sit down and make a list of the states I've been to. Um, what were so we talking about? Back to, I know exactly. We're, we're talking about the 50 states and uh, which ones to visit. No, we are talking about Columbia, folks. <laughs> Rain it back in. When I went to Columbia, I remember our tour guide was saying, when you think of Columbia, what do you think of? And of course, everybody, I mean, it was a very small group, but everybody is like drugs. Exactly. And he was, he was so bummed that that is what people think of Columbia's as. What did he think people thought? He says when Colombians want to think of Columbia as being known for beautiful women and emeralds. So just to put it out That would have been my sixth and seventh thing maybe i know for real definitely the women are stunningly gorgeous after he said that i did notice that he's not lying and um also i bought myself a pair of emerald earrings i'm not gonna lie but um just so people know because people you know just like the lebanon thing we did when you tell people you're going to Colombia, and they're like oh my gosh it's so dangerous and narcos and you know (laughs) drug cartels and stuff just an fyi to everybody i did find it to be very very safe yeah well columbia gets that reputation from really the 70s and 80s and a little bit in the 90s with the drugs but the government has really succeeded in almost eradicating at least the big drug problems you know the big cartels the big drug lords it's been over 25 years since Pablo Escobar was gunned down. Several other, you know, smaller drug lords have been arrested. So that problem really has been brought under control. Mm-hmm. The other big issue in Colombia that scared a lot of people because it would make the news was, have you ever heard of FARC? Yes. Yeah. So FARC was the... Um, Not FART. 
<laughs> fart. Yes, I've heard of fart. <laughs> F-A-R-C, fart. As an acronym. As an acronym. Not a verb. Yes. Was a, and I say was because they recently disarmed, it was a revolutionary group that, it was sort of Marxist in nature, communist in nature. They wanted to overthrow the government in Colombia. They fought the Colombian military and police, but also employed terrorist tactics and targeted and kidnapped a lot of Colombian civilians and held them for ransom to raise money. And this went on like it has in many countries for quite a few years, and Colombia became known for that as well. But like I said, they came to a peace deal, peace agreement with the government years ago and disarmed and decided to become a political party. And that no longer is a threat to Colombia's uh, tranquility and safety either. So a lot of people don't realize that. You know, people remember that. It's, it's never a headline. Country becomes safe and peaceful. Everyone happy. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that's, exactly. never a, that's never on the New York Times front page. No, but that's very true. <laughs> developments really have brought Colombia into the realm of awesome, safe, fun, amazing places for people to visit. And that's what people like us are for, to go and we, we risk our lives for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did not feel I was risking my life at all. Uh, there were some dodgy times with the taxis and Cartagena, but no. Bogota, getting back to that, what were your thoughts on it versus what you found when you got there? Well, like I said, when I went there, I did not know that it wasn't dangerous anymore. I mean, I knew that there were no drug cartels having shootouts with police in the middle of Bogota, or at least I thought so. And at the time I went, FARC was still a thing, but I knew that that was mostly out in the jungle areas in the east and south, I think, and not in the major cities in the capital. But I still thought I it was going to be edgy, and it, it wasn't at all. It was, I mean, part of me was a little bit disappointed. I was like... I know. Mm. I was going to say, it sounds like you wanted it to be something edgy. And also, I can't, like, not sort of, like, tee-hee-hee giggle every time you say fark. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because you know, within me is a 12-year-old boy <laughs> humor. And um, I just keep thinking that you're saying fart. Yeah, I, I don't know if I knew what to expect. It's kind of a lot of these countries that I go to visit, there might be things that I'm particularly going for, you know, to see like Petra in Jordan or something like that. But for the most part, I don't know other things about it. It's just like, yeah, I've heard that's cool. So I'm going. Um, Bogota was nothing that I imagined it would be. For better um, or worse? For better. Ah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, Maybe I didn't think it would be so developed. I mean, there's definitely like poor areas, but um, Bogota, just so everybody knows, is in the middle of the country and it's the capital and it has like the population of New York. So also, I guess it stays and I went in August and everybody was like, you're nuts because, you know, it's so hot and it's summer. But Bogota is actually at like 80 something hundred feet, 8,600 or something elevation. And so it's cool. So the oh. weather is like in the 60s and the yes. weather is just lovely. It's very the, Bay Area weather. That so I is was something that surprised the hell out of me because like I said earlier, I went to Bogota in July and I right. was expecting it to be hot and I only packed shorts and t-shirts and I but, get there 
this is a theme for you. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> I need to do your packing list before we go. Anywhere. I know. I need now to on. use my weather app. But mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be hot. I mean, I didn't think I needed to look at weather in Bogota. Like, I'm going to South America. I'm going to Bogota. It's, you know, it's July. It's going to be hot. It's hot everywhere in July. It's hot in Canada in July. Right. And I get there, and it's freezing. Like, I literally had to go out and buy a heavy, thick jacket because it was so cold in July. Bogota really is way high up in the Andes. It's a really high capital. So just to kind of give you an idea, the average country temperature for Colombia is about 75 degrees. It's really nice and pleasant. But don't let that fool you because the temperatures between different cities and regions vary greatly. Bogota's average temperature is about 57 degrees. But if you, because it's high in the mountains, it's a lot colder. If you go down to cities that are on the coast or at lower elevations, you know, you go to Cartagena, like Delany said, and it's going to oh be God. warm and sunny. I mean, it's high 80s. There's another city up there on the Caribbean coast near Cartagena called Barranquilla. That's actually where Shakira is from. And it's the same thing. I was just going to say that. Is that where Shakira is? <laughs> yeah, from? she is. And I've, I've, heard of, I've heard of Barranquilla long before I've heard of any other place in Colombia, just because I knew Shakira was from there when I was a teenager. But Love Shakira. Yeah, Car- Cartagena, Barranquilla, up on the Caribbean coast of Colombia, extremely hot. And then... Colombia also has a Pacific coast because it borders the Caribbean and then Panama kind of happens and then there's the Pacific on the other side. But on the other side, it's still, it's, it's also very warm, not quite as warm as the Caribbean coast, but, you know, Medellin, Cali, those cities sort of in the western part of the country, you know, they tend to be in 70s and 80s as well. But don't let Bogota fool you. Yes, it is in South America. Yes, it is way down there. Yes, it is near the equator. But that city can be freaking cold sometimes, even in July. Yeah. Yeah, it's over 8,000 feet in elevation. And um, actually, one of the places that I went, I don't know if you did, in Bogota, is um, Montserrat, Montserrate. It's um, where you take the aerial tram up, and um, it was a pilgrimage destination, and there's a church up there. But you take this cool tram, or you can also climb, which is obviously what they did with the pilgrimage. I think it's like a mile and a half. Or there's a funicular. But um, up there, it's like 10,000, two or 300 feet. So it's even higher. So did you go to Montserrat? No, no, I know what you're talking about because I've seen it mentioned in a lot of stuff since then, but I didn't go there. Yeah, you, um, you can see it up on the hill and it's pretty cool. And of course, the views down into Bogota and that whole valley and whatnot are amazing. But there's a church up there, and it was this pilgrimage destination. But then, of course, you know, they've turned it into this tourist thing because you take the tram up there and you want to see the views. And there's, like, cafes and um, souvenir shops up the wazoo. But it still is really cool, and you can go into the church. But um, it was up there that I ate chocolate-covered ants. Ooh, what? I know. They were... They had them at one of the souvenir shops. I don't know how they coerced us into eating them. But, um, you know, as we've said, I will do things on vacation that I will not do at home for some reason. And I was like, sure, I'll try chocolate covered ants. I think, you know, chocolate covered shit would probably taste good. But yeah, I ate chocolate covered ants. And if I were going to eat any chocolate covered bug, I'd probably want it to be an ant because they're small. I've heard of some crazy stuff that people eat in all kinds of places, yes. you know, especially in Southeast Asia, like in Vietnam and Thailand. I mean, yeah, you see those scorpions on a stick and cockroaches right, or like and crickets all, and crickets stuff. Crickets and stuff. Yes. Worms. Uh-uh. They kind of give it to you like as a handful. Yeah. I ate termites in um, Belize. Belize. 
well, termites? Actually... <laughs> I mean, whoever okay. said, I'm going to taste a term. Was it good? Okay, so sidebar. Or was it covered in chocolate, too? <laughs> no, just FYI to anyone listening. <laughs> um, termites really have a high amount of protein. And if you are stranded somewhere, you want to eat termites. You can get the termite mound, and then you get like a little stick, and you put the termites on it. But when you eat them, they have kind of like a minty flavor afterwards. It's very weird. So when I was in Belize, we were Did you were make walking. out with somebody afterwards and see if your breath smelled good? <laughs> I did not. I did not. <laughs> we were in Belize and they told us all this stuff about, you know, and they're pointing it out. This is this tree. This is that tree. And um, they told us about the termites. And then they said, if anybody wants to try a couple, like I said, they're very small. They're probably a little smaller than an ant. And that some people find them to be that kind of minty flavor or even a lemon flavor. And so I was like, yeah, I'll try it. And sure enough, they do. Um, knowingly, I think those are the only two kinds of bugs I have eaten. <laughs> termites. <laughs> termites and ants. But um, the chocolate-covered ants were weird because you're like, ooh, chocolate. And then there's this weird graininess that sort of like stays in your teeth. Like when you eat um, tobiko or like the, the stuff that's on sushi. Some people love that crunchy shit that stays behind. That's a little treat for later. Not me. It took me a good few hours to get that ant gravelly, grainy bits out of my mouth. I just was like, ugh. Well, if you have chocolate in front of you, why put an ant in it and ruin it? Why not just eat the chocolate? I think it's a novelty. They were selling chocolate-covered ants, so you would bring it home to your friends. Like, hmm. hey, I got you chocolate-covered ants in Colombia. So um, I love how I'm touting this beautiful site of a pilgrimage that you go up and you take in these beautiful views and all I'm talking about is how I ate chocolate covered ants. But um, see, you're missing out that you did not go up to Montserrat and um, you missed out on chocolate covered ants. Mm. I'm so. a BYO chocolate next time I go. Exactly. Exactly. Did you go to the Salt Cathedral outside of Bogota? I didn't. There wasn't a lot I did outside of the city. Uh, okay. Well, there's a city, there's a town outside of Bogota called Zipaquira. With a Z? Just remember, like, zip line. Zipakira. And there is a cathedral carved into a salt cave. Like, the walls of a salt cave. And it's really dramatically lit. It's really beautiful. That sounds amazing. It you know what? The guy that I went with, he stayed a few extra days. And he went there and sent me pictures. Now I'm, I'm it's ringing a bell now. Oh, nice. So I remember seeing the pictures, yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's really cool. And it's only about, a, I think it's about an hour outside of Bogota, if I remember correctly. The salt cathedral. There's also, speaking of places outside of Bogota, and then we can come back and talk about some more in Bogota, but since we're on the outskirts, I went to this random-ass village. So I had a friend that was stationed at the U.S. Embassy in Bogota when I went, and when I just parachuted into town, I said, hey, I'm here, and she made time to meet up with me. She gave me a tour of the embassy, and she was working the next day, which was a Saturday, but she said, oh, I have a friend here who's not working, and I'll have him show you around a little bit because I can't show you around because I'm working. So I ended up meeting up with her friend, and he took me to this village that he had grown up in outside of Bogota because he was proud of it because it's famous for milk, evidently. There's a huge milk factory there, and <laughs> sort of the center of the Colombian milk industry is in this village called Sopo, like S-O-P-O, Sopo. And they have like, well, the factory is there. And then they have kind of like a, I don't know if it was like a milk museum or just a milk, it was like a milk theme park. And 
they sold all kinds of milk products and people go from the surrounding area and even from Bogota, they go there for the week. This was a Saturday. They go there for like a Saturday afternoon and buy milkshakes and milk popsicles and all kinds of milk shit, probably milk covered ants too, who knows, and <laughs> hang out on the lawn and they have rides and stuff, I think for kids. And Do they have t-shirts that say Tiana's Leche? <laughs> I'm sure they do the if little, they don't. The little if, upside down question mark on one side and the regular one. If they don't, they really need to. Somebody needs to send them an email and tell them you need to have got leche <laughs> t-shirts. But yeah, so Paul was this little milk village I went to and he was so proud of it because he was from there. And so, I mean, I thought, Oh, a local's going to take me around sightseeing. I'm going to go see, you know, the big plazas and the cool neighborhoods, and we're going to go get lunch in a cool place. No, we go to the fucking milk theme park an That's hour amazing. outside of. And now I will say this: I didn't plan to go outside of Bogota. When he said we're going to my village, I was I did start to get a little nervous because I'm like, uh, I didn't plan this. Is this okay? And I, you know, so he drove me, and he picked up another. He brought another friend with us that he introduced me to. He drove us you know, an hour on these small roads. We went up and up some mountains. And I actually did start thinking, uh, is this safe? And he assured me it was. But I was starting to think, okay, if if I am going to get shot by a drug lord, it's probably going to be going out into the mountains on some dirt road to some milk village with this dude I just met yesterday. At least I knew he worked at the embassy, so he had to get some kind of background check. But that's the only time in Colombia that I started to get a little bit nervous when I realized he was taking us out of the city and into the hinterlands. But it was so, so gorgeous. I mean, the parts of Colombia up in the Andes are lush and green and covered with dense forests and it's just so gorgeous if people have a chance to get out of the city when you're in bogota and go to you know either the salt mine or the milk park or whatever take the opportunity because wherever you go in any direction is a gorgeous drive is it called leche land (laughs) Uh, i don't even remember i don't even know Actually, before I went to Colombia, what made me think of, so obviously like Pablo Escobar and stuff, but what really makes me think of Colombia, and this is totally like dating my age, and this might be a little too early for you, is Romancing the Stone. What? Did you ever see that movie? Yes. See, you're too young. People <laughs> my age or older are going to be like, oh my God, I'm right there with you, sister. I've never heard Romancing of that. the Stone, this is your assignment for the, like, before you go to sleep tonight, <laughs> I can't believe you haven't seen it. It's like the best movie of the early 80s. With, I've never even um, heard of it. Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas and Danny DeVito. Okay, and, I've heard of two of those. And um, they, it's all about how um, her sister gets kidnapped by somebody in Colombia and she has to go and try and like get her sister back. And she, of course meets Michael Douglas and he's kind of this, you know, person who just went down to Columbia just to get away from the US and he sells birds or something and of course, you know, she's sexy and he's sexy and they fall in love and whatnot and um it takes place in Columbia and it's a comedy but it's a dramedy. I don't know, it's more of a comedy. Oh my god, you have to watch it seriously. Anybody and it's in my age Catching the Stone? Romancing the Romancing stone. Romancing the Stone. Okay, I'll yes, look it up. It's, I'll it's look it like up. a uh um, and then there was even uh, a second one, um, Romancing the Stone 2. I feel like it had a different name. The first one is much better. Yeah, I want to say it was probably made in like 
83, 84. I remember my dad and I saw it on like a daddy-daughter date night and we went to dinner and um oh. It's oh my god, it's iconic. Yeah, you're just hmm. that much younger than me that you're like what the hell is she talking about? <laughs> but when you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about, that there's this part where she's on a bus and they're going through like the roads and up in the mountains and watch. It wasn't even filmed in Colombia. I should IMDB it. But what you're describing, that kind of lush greenery mountain stuff is um, is definitely in that. But I watched it right before I went. And also, I think it's supposed to take place in Cartagena, but it doesn't. But um, anyway... Mm. So, nice. yeah, that's that's Colombia. But that sounds really cool. I feel that I completely missed out on not going to um, Milktown. <laughs> La Leche. So, I like Leche Land. That's Le- Leche Land, yeah. yeah so Legoland. back in Bogota, did you have places that you really liked there? Because I had a couple that I intended to see and a couple that I did not intend to see and really, really, really liked a lot. A couple of places. Well, there's a couple things that I really enjoyed about Bogota that I, you know, when I came back, I told people about. So, first of all, I love graffiti in foreign cities. Oh, me too. Oh, Bogota um, had some really good graffiti. I forgot about that. had phenomenal graffiti. I love graffiti as street art Mm -hmm. and murals and all that. And there is graffiti as far as the eye can see in Bogota. You are right. I forgot and about that. I remember specifically photographing a lot of it, like going yes. out of my way to photograph it because it was incredible. Yeah. Someday I want to do like a coffee table book of graffiti from foreign cities that I've visited. But I loved that about Bogota. And then one of the other things that's interesting about Bogota, so I guess there's like 7 million people or something, you know, and there's potential for smog and pollution and all that. So um, they have a thing there that I guess was voter approved, which I would love it to see it here, but it would never fly, where you only operate your car certain days or times of the week, according to your license plate number. And it's to reduce traffic and discourage, you know, car use. So you can actually get ticketed and fined. And so if your license plate ends in like, an even number or whatnot, you can only drive from like eight to 10 or 10 to two or whatever. And people plan their lives around it and it kind of helps with traffic. But on Sundays, they close down the main streets of Bogota and kind of parts of the highways. Um, It's called Circlovia. I'm probably not saying it right, but it's basically where the streets are closed. C-I-R-C-L-O-V-A. Circlovia. Circlovia. That's it. I'm not saying the accent right. I'm making it sound like it's a body part of the uterus or something. But um, (laughs) my circlovia itches. (laughs) Exactly. It's actually. Do I have a Do I have a circlovia? Anybody who's like medical knows because there's like circlage and stuff. Anyway, um, (laughs) my like geeky science humor. My circlovia hurts. But basically, the streets are closed for like bikes, pedestrians, rollerbladers, whatever only. And it's super cool because all these people are encouraged to be out on Sunday getting their activity at 8,600 feet without cars around. And so I thought that was really cool. And there's also a huge bus system in Bogota that is phenomenal. So they do have good public transportation. You know, Bogota has Uber now too. They've gone through a few ups and downs where Uber was there, then they weren't, and they're back, now they're not. 
But I think right. as of now, they are back with some additional restrictions, but they're there at least. So any city that has Uber, I think it's a great option. When you're in a foreign city, you don't know where you are. You don't know, especially if you don't know the language. And, you know, you have a record of where you're going, where you've been. And if you lose anything, of course, you've got I'm a huge rideshare fan in foreign countries. In fact, anybody who's traveling, my recommendation, wherever you're going, to look ahead to see whether they have like Uber or Lyft. And honestly, I really use it as my go-to getting from an airport to where I'm staying unless it's something that it's a really, really, really easy public transportation and you don't have a lot of belongings and you really understand the language or something like that. And it's shockingly not that expensive. And especially if you're with somebody else, it's really not that bad. So big plug for Uber, Lyft. Um, What's the one in Spain that you guys have? Uh, We have Pita Taxi and have a couple of others. But Bogota has some really nice things to go see if you're a tourist. So you need to take a day and be a tourist in Bogota because Mm -hmm. things like the Plaza Bolivar, which is their main central square in the old town, is really nice. It's really historic. It has that classic colonial looking architecture, the Spanish colonial architecture that you expect and want to see when you go to a place like a South American capital in Plaza Bolivar. There's also the Colombian National Museum or the National Museum of Colombia. I really enjoyed that because I love colonial history in the Americas. I love specifically the Spanish exploratory period, and it did not disappoint. It was really well done, really well curated, really well presented, and I really enjoyed my visit there. Now, there's another museum there that is really unique to Colombia, and I really wanted to see this one. And I freaking went on the one day it was closed. And that was the last day I was in Bogota before I had bought a ticket to leave. I was leaving on Tuesday morning and I wanted to go to the gold museum. They have a museum of gold Mm -hmm. in Bogota. And I went on Monday so excited to see this museum. I love gold and mining and gemstones. I've been obsessed with gemstones since I was a kid. That's one of the reasons I actually did know that Colombia is... I think it's the emerald capital of the world. They're really known for emeralds. And they have gold mines that the pre-colonial inhabitants of the region used to use to make beautiful objects. And I knew they had a lot of that stuff in there. And I was so excited to go to the gold museum. And I get up there and it's freaking closed on Mondays. So if you really want to go to see that, make sure you plan ahead. I do not go in Monday. I don't know if it's still closed on Mondays, but that is a museum that I really really want to go back to Bogota to visit because Colombia's mining and mineral resources are amazing. And I really just want to go back and visit them. Another thing that I stumbled across, I didn't even plan to see this. It is something that people, you know, it's often recommended for people to see. The Teatro Colón, the Columbus Theater, the Teatro mm-hmm. Colón is a beautiful theater and concert venue. And I stumbled across it because I was walking down the street in central Bogota and I heard this amazing classical music concert going on. And I just walked in the door and I kind of eavesdropped on this amazing concert. And that is actually, if I go back to Bogota, and I'm sure I will at some point, that's something that I would actually look up events at, buy a ticket to, and plan an evening to go to a concert there because it was it's beautiful and the music was absolutely amazing. That's something that I don't often do. You know, when I when I travel and when I visit cities is go to performances of the arts. But that's a place that I actually would carve out time to go do something like that because it looked like an amazing experience. And I really wish that I had done that. 
Yeah, we did not, I don't think, that doesn't ring a bell to me. Bogota actually has quite a bit of museums, and the one thing that's really nice about them is that they really encourage the people to be able to visit them. So the majority of them, if not all, are free. And the Gold Museum was amazing, I will say. Oh, you it's, made it to it? I did go. Oh, um, man. It's a whole lot of gold, let me tell you. It's apparently the largest collection of pre-Columbian gold in the world. And there's actually a gold museum also in Cartagena. But the one in Bogota is phenomenal, and it's definitely worth a visit. And they just do their museum so well. How did the Spanish not steal that shit? I know, it's really... I'm surprised they, they have, have like, anything left. They have gold in the floor. They have gold rooms. They have all kinds of, yeah, lots of gold, coins, a lot of history. It's definitely a good museum to see. One of the other museums that I really enjoyed that we went to was the Fernando Botero Museum, which is really well known in Bogota. Is um, he an artist? It, he is an artist. He's a Colombian artist. He does sculptures and paintings, and the people in them are sort of like robust and exaggerated volume. They look like... <laughs> like Pillsbury Doughboy? Oh. They do, almost like when somebody puts on a sumo suit, you know, those inflated mm. sumo suits. They're like that. The women are very busty, but they're also squattier. Exaggerated volume is what it's called. But the Fernando Botera Museum is really cool, and it's in a beautiful setting. I don't know if it was his house or something, but it has a couple gardens and just... I found the paintings and his work to be really funky and neat. And there's actually a Fernando Botero sculpture in Cartagena that's really, really well known in the old city called Fat Gertrude. And it's, I think she's naked. I know she has an exposed boob, but the the lore there is that you go and you touch her boob of the statue and it brings you good luck. So people are just going up and rubbing the boob of this lady. But um, yeah, you know, it's just like any other bronze statue where when you touch one part of it, it's super shiny where people have touched it. So like, mm -hmm. you know, and then of course, yeah. guys are all out there like taking pictures, doing, you know, lewd things and, you know, gestures at like the boob of Fat Gertrude. But anyway, high recommend on the Botero Museum. Nice. And definitely the Gold Museum. Yeah, I need to go back and go to the Gold Museum. I would seriously fly back to Bogota. I'd plan a trip around going back to that museum. I was just that excited to see it, and I was that disappointed to miss it. But you know what? Another reason I went to Bogota was because I had heard they have amazing nightlife. Did you go out? Did you Were you social when you were there? <laughs> we were somewhat. So I found the nightlife to be kind of fun. Now, I probably didn't do it up like I'm sure you did. We did go to a mm. few bars and clubs. We definitely were in the G-Zone, T-Zone. La Macarena, those are all like neighborhoods. The one thing I definitely remember, I didn't party down big time, but we definitely went to a few places. But remember the chicken buses? Do you remember uh -uh. those? Well, a chicken bus is a bus in, I think, Central South America where people, you know, lots of people go on and they put all the luggage on the top and they're painted like the flag of the country or also they'll be fringe and, you know, they're done up. And then I think they're originally called chicken buses because people will be on them with their chickens and stuff. But in Shocker. Bogota, uh, exactly, in Bogota, they have smaller buses and they have those buses, but at night they come out. And so you would just hop on or be on or rent it and be on it and you're hanging off of it and people are like, woo and screaming and then they play music and you would have you know like a bachelorette party type of thing and 
they're just decorated just super flashy and tacky and with lights and they just go around and it's kind of like a party bus but there's tons of them and lots <laughs> of um you know lots of music playing really late and um horns honking to the sounds of la cucaracha and stuff like that mm-hmm. but yeah i'm sure your nightlife experiences were different than mine well i'll, I'll tell you about two places i liked in bogota First of all, it was a really local place that it's kind of a restaurant that turns into a nightclub-ish kind of place after a certain hour. But it's called Andres Carne de Res in Delanese. Andres Carne de Res. <laughs> That's exactly right. Exactly. <laughs> you speak my language. Now I get it. Like meat of the king. <laughs> uh, not uh, king is re. Uh, oh, okay. De res, R-E-S. So Andres Carne de Res, R-E-S. Mm-hmm is the name of a place that um, the original one is in a town outside of Bogota called Chia, but there's a there's a lo- Chia. <laughs> but there is a location now in Bogota in Zona Rosa, which is a huge party area too in Zona Rosa, like the pink zone. And it's kind of like a restaurant. You can get food, you hang out, get drinks, and then it turns into this kind of like local party night spot late at night. And so that is a really, really fun place to go out. Another one is if anybody's gay and lesbian or wants to go to a gay club in Bogota, because of course they throw the best parties, the biggest gay club in all of South America is in Bogota, and it's called Teatron. And it is seriously the biggest club, one of the biggest clubs I've seen anywhere in the world. It's kind of like a whole block of clubs and bars inside of one club. It's like a neighborhood of clubs inside of one huge club. We, I think we went there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of, I mean, it's known as a gay club, but it's, many people who aren't gay go there because it is just such an amazing, huge, big, fun club. And so I had to go there because I'd heard about it and I'd read about it. And I'm like, this is the one place I've got to go on the nightlife scene there. And it really was an amazing experience. They had performances going on in sort of the main, big, huge warehouse room. You go out into this kind of courtyard in this other part. And there were all these, they look like different bars, but they're all part of the same bar. And you just kind of bar hop within the club. And one of the funny things, though, I don't know if any other place in Colombia is like this or if this was just a Teatron thing. But I was weird. I was, I was a little bit like, what? Because they give you like a plastic cup when you go in. And oh, it was that's because it was an all you can drink night. Like the admission was all you can drink. And so, of course, I'm like, hell yeah, let, let me I'm getting ready to get fucked up. And they give you a plastic cup. Yes, there's a lot of drinking. (laughs) You have to keep up with it. That's your all-you-can-drink cup, and you can keep getting it filled as much as you want. But you have to carry this cup around with you all night. And I'm like, you're dancing with a cup, you're hanging out, going to the bathroom with a cup. It was really weird, but at least it was all-you-can-drink, and... It was a really fun time. Chetron is an experience and a nightlife site like no other. All right, everybody, we decided to cut Columbia into two episodes. That's part one, and we'll leave you with some clips now to tease the upcoming part two. We'll see you in the next episode. When you throw the metal disc and hit the target, it explodes while you drink beer. We've talked this long about anywhere, and we haven't mentioned food. It sounds like it should be a cocktail. I'll have a dirty coconut. (laughs) I love how you're like, it's a cocktail, and I'm like, it's a sex position. (laughs) We did a dirty coconut, and he hit my circle of (laughs) (laughs) 